ladies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Japanese Culture Day, Joe. Uh, aren't we doing the Summer Olympics later on? That's true. It's all connected. It's all coming together. Coming up on today's show, it's our Casino Royale 15-year retrospective preview show. <laughs> Just kidding. Casino Royale is next week. Today... I am in Las Vegas. Uh, I know you guys don't really want to believe this, but uh, I, I didn't really want to come here. But the FOMO was a little too much for the rest of the Stapes home game. Right. And they all decided they wanted to take a trip to the desert, uh, a, a different desert than the desert we already live in. Uh, so I am here in Las Vegas. It's me and uh, Josh Molina. If you remember about a year ago, he was a guest on the show. Yep. I guess about a year before that. Um, me and Josh Molina and an actress by the name of Beth Hall, uh, who also plays their home game. We're going to fire a couple of these really terrible midweek tournaments. Uh, Beth, as I mentioned, is an actress from Mad Men, the sitcom Mom, most recently cast in the new TV series Gaslit about the Watergate scandal. And uh, she has an insane poker stat I'll tell you about later Ooh. because she is the guest on today's show. I like the fact she's a guest on this week's show. I like the fact that you have an interesting stat to share. Yeah, really fun poker stat for her. Uh, James got to rub elbows with some celebrities last week, too, uh, with his first live poker event in quite some time at the Hippodrome. Yeah, I didn't get to play in this event. That's the first thing to say. Uh, but there were a few celebrities there and Spraggy. <laughs> More on the Hippodrome later. Uh, and this week's super fan is Lucas Durney. And his specialist subject is the Summer Olympics, uh, which recently took place in Tokyo, I'm told. It's true. Uh, now, Lucas applied to be on the show via Discord, and we always encourage you to join the conversation. We always put the link to the Pokestars Discord server in the podcast description. Now, when we talk about movies on the show, when we dedicate an entire episode of the podcast to a specific film, we'd like you guys to watch along with us. So next week... As Joe teased already, it is Casino Royale, not the 1967 version. Um, I would like you to post your brief review of the movie on Discord. You, you, so, not me, you. You, yeah, you Joe, you're going to talk to me about it on yeah. the show. But for everyone else listening, um, there is a dedicated thread called Podcast Discussion. So post in there. And I tell you what, because I know people like to post on Discord when we bribe them. So oh. I am going to give away 007 prizes to 007 random reviews of Casino Royale. And by the way, don't have to be positive. Don't have to be negative. Whatever your thoughts are, whatever you want to say about the movies. But just, I guess, to define the word brief, imagine you were tweeting. Try and keep it to around 240 characters or fewer. So a brief line about the movie. And yes, 007 random reviews will receive 007 random prizes. And awesome. by the way, by the yes. way, if you want to know what the prize is, yeah, make sure you're watching the next Sunday Million stream. We do because I'll show you. It uh -huh. you, it needs to be seen. This is an audio show. I can't demonstrate it. Therefore, watch the stream on Monday. You know, this podcast and our whole, you know, um, Poker Stars universe is kind of like the last Star Wars movie where, like, you got to read the comic book that happened in between to understand what happens uh, Joe, in the Joe, there, that last Star Wars movie, place. I would have accepted. I would have accepted reading a comic book. Don't make me play fucking Fortnite. 
to find out what the emperor's <laughs> message from beyond the grave was. But, but that's yes, the whole point. Funnily enough, it's all connected. We want you to watch the stream so you know what the prize is that you could potentially win if you post in the Discord to be on next week's podcast. Exactly. It's called exactly. engagement. Speaking of movies, uh, James, you'll be happy uh, that October is over. You don't have to deal with Halloween shit anymore. Oh, thank heavens. Uh, I did mention on the Sunday Million stream, I did get to go to a very cool Halloween party at the Godfather Mansion. That was pretty cool. But uh, I did quickly want to pick up on some of the horror movies I watched throughout October. Uh, I watched the Halloween reboot from 2018. They brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, which is funny because they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis for another Halloween movie called Halloween H2O about... 15 years ago. How many reboots of Halloween have there been where they've dragged Jamie Lee Curtis out of the archives? Twice they've dragged her out of the archives. So they did it in 2018 and it was great. I watched it this month. Really cool. They did a sequel to that movie called Halloween Kills that because of the whole streaming nature of the world now came out for free, quote unquote, uh, on the Peacock Network. And it was terrible. It was really a huge disappointment um unfortunately cannot recommend it uh i did also watch the highly recommended midnight mass uh tv show on netflix and uh, i quit after two episodes that's all you get from me if you don't start telling me what the thing is in your show by episode by the end of episode two i'm out i quit it um what we do in the shadows either season three or four just finished love that show still fantastic had a very interesting ending cannot recommend that show highly enough however my ultimate, ultimate recommendation goes to Billions. I mean, not Patriot. Don't get me wrong. But just blow Patriot. Billions Season 5. I love Billions. I love everything about Billions. There's crazy twists and turns this season. Really interesting to see how they handled COVID uh, because the show got cut short. Like, they only showed the first half of the season, and they filmed the rest of it after COVID happened and they kind of like weave it into the show in a way that I haven't seen done yet. And I just want to say, I love everything about it. I love every character. I love every line of dialogue. I love every scene chewing moment from Paul Giamatti and uh, what's Damian Lewis. It's just fucking great. Uh, The only TV show I've seen, which has managed to successfully blend in real life events, i.e. the pandemic was this is us. But I kind of feel, and I'm sorry, I don't think Brian Koppelman listens to this podcast, but I'm actually (laughs) prioritizing Succession. I'm watching Succession season Uh three right now, and I've seen two out of three episodes. I've got the third one on my Skybox ready to watch, but I'm I'm afraid I'm I'm all about the Succession right now, and Billions is just going to have to wait. It, look, Succession and Billions are – look, Succession is also fantastic. I'm all caught up on Succession. I like it a lot. Um, but it's like the um, Armageddon Deep Impact, right? It's like two similarly themed things that have like totally different tones to them yeah, and totally different styles, and I like them both. Yeah. Um, and I think because of the compliment connection, I just I, – I have more of a love – Right, billions, like an emotional connection. To yeah, it. I'm not saying for one second I like one more than the other. I'm just saying that I'm prioritizing succession, yeah, but I have sure. every intention of watching season five of Billions soon. Um, if you're looking for poker content to watch, we 
of course, have our Monday night live streams, but there is also the Big 20 Players Awards live. We mentioned this on Monday night. In fact, Joe Griffin and I talked about some of the nominees and some of the categories. Every Tuesday and Friday, there's a YouTube compilation going out, which summarizes one of the categories. So last night, for example, uh, we put out the compilation for the five nominees for Best Bluff. And on Friday, the five nominees for Best Hero Call are going to get their time in the spotlight. It's great to revisit these fantastic moments from the PokerStars archive that are guaranteed to put a smile on your face. And then, of course, we're asking you to go to the PokerStars blog and vote on your favorite. It's just a bit of fun, just a promotion that's running for the next five weeks during the Big 20, the 20th anniversary promotion. But do check it out if you get the chance. Um, Joe, you alluded to the fact that I did go to the Hippodrome last week. There was an event which was... Kind of a PokerStars True Geordie kind of crossover. It was True Geordie live at the Hippodrome. So really, this was his tournament. It was his event. It was his party. Uh, PokerStars helped put it on. Uh, Kerry Jane at the Hippodrome obviously hosted the event, did a fantastic job. Um, I was invited down not to play. I was invited down to do a brief tutorial for people who maybe have never played live poker before to give them a few hints and tips on things that you should and shouldn't do when you're actually sat at a poker table with physical chips and cards rather than sitting in front of a monitor uh, with a mouse. How not to fuck up live poker with Jimmy the Bastard. Yeah, and look, I didn't approach it from a Jimmy the Bastard perspective. I tried to be friendly, but I have one top tip when it comes to trying to teach people how to play live poker. In fact, two tips. One is wait for your turn. The action moves (laughs) in a circle and just don't act until you're told it's your turn to act. But the second one, and it's amazing, because no matter how many times you say this, everyone ignores it and everyone falls foul of it. And it is, say what you want to do before you do it. Don't fumble with chips. Don't string bet. Don't throw out a huge chip meaning to raise when in fact it will just be taken as a call. Say it. That verbal intent is so important if you're unfamiliar with how to handle chips and what the various rules are surrounding string betting and string raises. Can I Just, can I add to that slightly? Uh, also, be specific, right? Like, if you want to raise to 500, say 500. Well, that's Don't what I mean. Five. That's what Don't I mean. Say five. I mean, be very specific. 5,000, 500, 5,500, yes. Absolutely. When I say say what you mean, I mean give very explicit instructions. And then it doesn't matter what you do after that because you'll be held to that because a verbal declaration is binding. Um, the other reason I was there was to actually host the final table. So the format of this, Joe, was it was a shootout. So there were, I think eight tables and the winner of each table would then go through to the final the final was held at lola's nightclub in the basement at the hippodrome and that's where true geordie made his appearance he was the ninth player at that final table but there were bounties there were celebrities some other members of the true geordie crew people like lawrence adam rory and jack they were seated at the other tables uh from our side from the pokestar side Pieface, GJ, and Spraggy were all in attendance. Have to say, lovely to see those guys again. You know, it's so, been a while, right? Yeah. Can I ask a question? So, did they plant True Jordy in the ninth seat at the final table? Like he—that's like the the crux of this tournament is that he just got to make an appearance there. The narrative here is that True Jordy <laughs> is the end boss. So, if you've managed to defeat one of his minions or one of the PokerStar streamers, you then get to take on true geordie himself at the final table where there are cash prizes up for grabs and spoiler alert true geordie was the first player out but i don't 
I, I think the format's fun. Like, I'm not going to – I think it's actually kind of a fun way to do it. But, like, when the fuck do I get to that stage of my career where they're like, no, 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 we're just going to put you at the final table. Don't worry about it. Like, you just you just show up at the end. <laughs> do you have millions of YouTube subscribers? I mean, not personally, but, you know, if you <laughs> add up all of the different fucking things I'm on, it could be in the, you know. So the biggest takeaway for me from this was, as I mentioned, this was an event primarily for true Geordie's fans, for his right. community. But if you have Venn diagrams, if you had a Venn diagram, rather, with the two circles of, like, PokerStars fans and true Geordie fans, that overlap is not insignificant. And I met many people at the drinks beforehand, uh, free drinks, free canapes, free bets on the table games for everyone who turned up, and spoke to people like Harry Mansell, a former super fan on this show, uh, Alad, who made the final table and had a few too many lagers. Um, so it was great to see so many people who wanted to hang out and, as I said, to catch up with Spraggy after all this time. And the final table got to anchor it. Luckily, it was done pretty quickly. The real thing I wanted to say is, first of all, KJ and the Hippodrome put on a fantastic event. And I know that I always advocate for the Hippodrome as a venue. But now that the Poker Room has been relocated to the third floor, now it has been redesigned and expanded, I would say it is definitely the place in London to play poker. Cool. And the whole venue, the whole of the Hippodrome, and bear in mind, Joe, this was on a Wednesday night, was buzzing it was packed every bar the nightclub the casino floor it is the only casino i can think of in the united kingdom which is even approaching the atmosphere you would have of a vegas resort it's an entertainment destination not just a casino and i genuinely can't think of any venue in london that doesn't that that also has that vibe Look, that was my go-to spot all the time when I was living in London. Um, it was just always, a, you knew it was going to be a decent atmosphere, even open late night, right? Because bars and pubs close and you don't always want to go to some like nightclub. So I'm like, where can we go where I know it's going to be comfortable? I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be lively. And the Hippodrome was always a good spot. And it's glad to hear that uh, not only have they bounced back, but they're better. Uh, so that's that's really great news. I'm looking for. Uh, hopefully, I get to get back there sometime in 2022. No, definitely. Uh, so from the Vegas of London to the Vegas of yeah. Vegas. That's right. To the Vegas of Las Vegas. Yes, I am in Las Vegas. Um, I got in yesterday afternoon. Headed right over to the Rio to play one of their horrifically structured $400 puntaments um, with 20-minute levels. You play a little while, you feel like you're uh, you're playing pretty well, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh wait, I have eight big blinds." Like I don't like what was the point of playing well? So at one point I stood up and just made it. I I, I almost got kicked out because I was like, "Guys, nobody has any chips. Just move all in." <laughs> like no, like the big there, there was a point in the tournament, James. I know this is mathematically impossible. Nobody had average. That's wow. how fast the structure is. Not a single player had average chips. I don't know mathematically how that works out, but it Hold happened. On. Hold on. It is <laughs> literally impossible for everyone to be below average. Everyone's below average. I know. It's crazy. That's how, that's how bad the structure is. <laughs> Luckily, 
I lasted long enough. It was only one bullet. Today, I am playing a similarly structured event. It's the 1K mini main, where they take the 17-day main event and compress it into three days. I think it's like so, 17 minutes. Yeah, that's right. It's like a 17-minute event. It's like you're literally – you get one card. Um so yeah, so that's the plan is just to play this today and then maybe go play like a, a slightly better structure, maybe at the, the Venetian or something, uh, depending on how long I last in this. Um, and so last night I met up with with Beth Hall, who uh, played the nightly with me. Now, here's the fun fact about, yeah. about Beth Hall. In my estimation, she is the last woman standing, the longest last woman standing of any live poker tournament ever. In so you got you know like Maria Ho the year she did it I think Maria might have been it twice actually um, you know it was always a big deal made a bit made about that in the main event in 2016 there was this, something called the SoCal Poker Championship and there were 9,807 total entries and Beth Hall finished in 14th and by my estimation she has outlasted more people than any woman in any field ever. Okay, well, if you can prove Joe Stapleton wrong, head to Discord now and let us know whether that was a hashtag fun fact or a hashtag fake fact. Either way, I enjoyed it. And without further ado, I think we should welcome uh, Joe's poker colleague in Vegas to the show, Beth Hall. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Hey, Beth. Joe said that you were with him in Vegas to play poker, I kind of thought he was going to open a door and there you would be, but... (laughs) Here you are in the same city on two different Zoom connections. We are in the same city, uh, coincidentally, and that worked out great. Beth, yeah, Beth was like, you know, we found out that Beth, who is now the member of our home game, was going to be here. And I was like, do you want to come stay in the house with us? And she was like, no. uh -uh, (laughs) As tempting as being with a bunch of guys in a house um, or having my own private hotel room. (laughs) So... (laughs) What I really love about Beth, James, is that Beth really, 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 really does love poker, like maybe more than anyone else in our home game. And so I'm just wondering, really? where does yeah, where, where does that come from? Oh, I grew up playing cards with my family. Um, I learned poker, not hold them. Uh, when I was a kid, we'd play, you know, draw poker, stud with the family. I played with my aunts and her friends. So it was like me in sixth grade and my aunts and her friends. And we play what was called a $2 schnei. And so you play for $2. Once you lost that $2, you're on the schnei. And, <laughs> and you can, you can play until you win some more money and you don't have to bet. <laughs> oh, that's so, cool. There's like a, it's like a limit. It's like the opposite of no limit. There is an absolute limit, and then you win your way back in. Exactly. So anyone who's on the schnei, it's like you're going to see it till the end, whatever. (laughs) That um, sounds like a very Joe Stapleton rule. That sounds like the kind of thing (laughs) that you'd want to I wish they still had that rule. (laughs) I know, man. We'd still be playing from last night if, if so. I know. So are you in Vegas specifically to play during the World Series, Beth? Yes. Um... I was telling Joe I was up for this role. I didn't get it. So I said, screw it. I'm going to Vegas. And um, I figured this mini main event could fit into my schedule. And so that's what I'm doing. Nice. I am uh, – I'm I'm interested in where the transition went from being on the schnei 
to <laughs> playing in casinos to playing No Limit Texas Hold'em because, you know, there is a barrier to entry for all people and especially women, right, sometimes have a little bit harder time because uh, men are assholes uh, in casinos and at poker games and stuff like that. So I'm interested in that part of your poker journey. Yes, in my early days of playing in casinos, there was a lot of cheers at the tables. Yeah. Um, I remember once playing, like, really, I didn't play poker, but, but I played at the stud table. It was in Laughlin. And um, <laughs> there's this old guy in a cowboy hat. And I, I think I said something. I won the pot, and I said something like, oh, I got it uh, like at the end. And he's like, no kidding, you got it at the end. I built that <laughs> pot for you. And I was like, what do you think? And I like literally, I couldn't believe, you know, that. And so, yeah, so I had to get a thicker skin. <laughs> Do you, okay, so, so we've heard about Schneid, we've heard about Stud. At what point was there the transition to, to hold them? Were you there at the beginning? You know, are you like a 2003 moneymaker baby kind of deal? Um, I probably early on. My brother was a chess player and a poker player. Um, he actually used to play in New York with like Howard Lederer and that group. And, um, so he said, hold them's the game, hold them's the game that, you know, people are going to be playing. And so, you know, he sort of taught me how to play. And then I started playing, you know, one, $2 limit and, you know, worked my way up. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one because I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but when I first started playing poker was very much a word that you would use to describe the whole host of games, all the different variations. But now you say poker, and unless you specify otherwise, people will automatically think you mean hold'em. It's just basically dominates now. Yeah, as it's amazing. But it is, it is a good game. I mean, I've been watching, like I watched Maria play the, the horse, and I've been watching the different games, and I sort of like am intrigued and want to get into more different games. But um, yeah, hold'em's a game, I think. I kind of like that too. Just sort of the shifting your brain has to do when the when the games change. It's just that you know I'm yeah. not particularly good at hold them, and that's sort of the easiest one uh, to wrap your head around and, right. and sort of level the edges a little bit. I can only imagine how bad I would get shellacked playing the other ones. Uh, I know, me too. <laughs> talk to me about how poker uh, intersected with acting, uh, especially at the beginning of your acting career. Were you playing poker ever for like money on the side? Was it ever a networking thing for you? Um, not really. I didn't know a lot of uh, poker players who were actors. Um, we didn't, yeah. It hasn't really intersected. Uh, when I was on Mom, there were some of the writers and producers were poker players. And when they heard I was playing that one tournament that I did well in, um, um, I don't know if you know Bob. Oh, then you have the one who got me on the show with you. He's, his friend was producing it. And he's come up to me, so you made, you made, you're at the last day. And how'd you do that? Because most of these people, they can't sit for a whole tournament. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, that's too long. I can't sit for a tournament. <laughs> so but uh, we never played on set or anything. Okay. So you're not, so I was going to say, like, I feel lucky that we have you in our home game because as far as Hollywood's Aww. concerned, there is a lot of poker that goes on. Uh, kind of answering my question about whether or not you've rubbed elbows with uh, many other celebrity poker players. Uh, as far as acting is concerned, Tell me about that. 
because I don't know a lot about like, you know, I know Mad Men, uh, but I don't know what came before that and how you got there. What were you? Did you go to school for it? What's what's that whole story? Um, I didn't go to school per se. I took a lot of acting classes um, in New York and things like that. A lot of improvisation. I uh, studied with the groundlings and um I always, that's always what I wanted to be. When I was a little girl, I would say, I'm going to be a famous actor, wear diamond dresses, diamond. <laughs> and then it, it turned into, I'm going to be a struggling actress and wait on tables. <laughs> ah. so, um, yeah, I always wanted to be acting. My father was a comedian, a stand-up comedian. My mother was an actress. She sort of gave up her career to manage him. And um, so it's kind of in the blood, I guess. I mean, Joe, you've mentioned Mad Men already. We often say that, you know, since 1999, with the advent of The Sopranos and HBO, that this is very much the golden era of television. You look at the last two decades and there have been so many great TV shows. But if you're going to narrow it down to like a top 10, Mad Men is going to be on a lot of people's list, maybe even their top five. It is certainly one of the greatest TV shows ever made. I mean, it's so awesome that you can say you were a part of that, right? Oh, absolutely. I was a huge fan before I got on the show. I started season four and um, I auditioned for what I thought would be like a one day small part. They, uh, Matthew Weiner, who was the creator of Mad Men, is very secretive about everything. So when you get your sides to audition, you don't know who you're doing, even doing the scene with. So I didn't know I was Roger's secretary. I didn't know anything about that. So you just do your lines and I figure, okay. So then when I got the role, um, the first table read, they said, okay, now could you go down to hair and makeup and, you know, they want to see you. And then they're saying, well, okay, we're going to cut your hair. I'm like, wait a second, what? I'm doing like this one. Oh, no, no, no. You're Roger Sterling's secretary now. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I am? (laughs) So I, you know, I didn't know it would be, it would last as long as it did. And I think it was supposed to maybe be a short thing, but I did last for the rest of the, the run, which is was great but yeah i was a huge fan and then i would be on the set sort of watching on the monitor as they're doing it and i'm like looking it's like okay that's really i'm really here and they're doing that (laughs) so it was great i mean i got the impression watching every season that this was a show that clearly had budget behind it but also real craftsmanship and care because you could see the attention that was going into the period detail everything from like the belt someone would wear to the watch they're wearing Mm -hmm. everything looked and felt right yeah i mean my desk was really decked out stuff you probably never even saw with real 60s um props and things the prop master was great and costumes i mean we wore True vintage undergarments. <laughs> wow. Even <laughs> yeah. stuff you couldn't see? Even the stuff you couldn't see because Method. it does fit you a different way and makes you look a different way in the clothes. So That's incredible. Definitely. I mean, two things. You talk about um, Roger Sterling, John Slattery's character. When people talk about great TV characters, of course, people think Mad Men. They're going to say John Hamm, Don Draper, but... Roger Sterling was just such an amazingly written character. I don't think anyone expected him to survive to the end of the show based on his (laughs) lifestyle. Um, And if we're going to talk about the end of the show, and again, no spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Mad Men. If you haven't, watch it from the beginning. It's bloody awesome. But 
Joe and I have this thing where we talk about how endings are hard and even some of our favorite movies and favorite TV shows don't quite stick the landing when it comes to their final episode or their final act. Mad Men is a show that bloody delivered. What an ending. What a great way to go out. The, the actual like last minute of ending you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. We didn't know about that until it aired because uh, only the people, only a few people were privy to that. So we read the table read and I'm thinking, wow, I, you know, I didn't think he really buttoned it up. And then <laughs> they showed that, but that's how secretive he was. Nobody wow. even knew about that until, until you aired. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> So when you're on a show like that, um, that is obviously, you know, while it's happening, people knew how good it was, right? It's like not a show that people well, needed to Well, certainly by look. the time I was on it, they did, yeah. Yeah. So um, is is it just as – is it more fun or more pressure? More fun. You did so. It it wasn't like like big big tension, pressure, egos. We're on the best well, show on TV. I can't speak for John Hamm or you know the people who are really under pressure. But for me, I mean, it was like I'm not doing the writing. I'm just I you know performing it, and it was all good. So no pressure for me. <laughs> I tend to get that answer. You know, I always ask people th that same question. I tend to get the answer. They're like, no, we're just having a good time. Like, it doesn't seem like, you know, on the on a lot of these really good shows, people are walking around like, we're making the greatest thing on television, <laughs> like sucking your gut, get yeah. your shit together. That's nope. really fun. So, so obviously, like, I think you got your start on a couple of sitcoms, right? Earlier on, like. Yeah, I mean, I did, get, you know, one day, one week, episode guest star roles on sitcoms and um you know i certainly never expected to really take off on a, a drama even though i feel like i was kind of comic relief character um so, so yeah i did frazier i did like one line good night marty <laughs> <laughs> so you eventually well though, done for remembering the line I know, right? Lots of people can't remember. I couldn't remember, probably. Uh, no, if it was something that big, I probably would. Uh, so you go from Mad Men to going back to sitcoms. On, and again, you happen to, you know, I don't want to say luck out because, you know, no, you're obviously talented. But yeah, to be on another show that ran for such a long time. And how does that fun compare going from like, you know, secretive drama shot, you know, shot like a film versus now you're in front of a live studio studio audience a couple times a week? Um, well, live studio audience one time a week, one time a week, yeah. That's my favorite way to do it. I, I'm a theater actor, so you get the best of both worlds with doing multicam sitcoms and doing, yeah, doing mom. First of all, it's a Chuck Lorre show, so it's a super well oiled machine. Everybody has worked with him for years and know what they're doing, so. You know, a lot of uh, audiences would complain. They go to uh, tapings and they're there for hours and hours. It's like over and over and again. We're out of there by eight thirty nine. You know, so it's it's really uh, well done, and it was so much fun. And yeah, that's definitely my preferred genre because you know, doing um, single camera stuff like Mad Men, you could you're there for hours and hours maybe not even doing anything, waiting for your scene and, and just, you never really know your schedule where on a multicam, you know, I have a, a daughter and I could pick her up from school most days and you just know your schedule. It was just like, okay, this day we do this, this day we do this, this day we do this. 
How do you feel about uh, sticking the landing on Mom versus sticking the landing on Mad Men? Which uh, <laughs> which which one do you think wrapped things up better? Oh, Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> We were we were playing poker in our home game with Beth, like as she was shooting the final episodes of uh, of Mom, and I remember it was it was pretty emotional, right? Yeah, I think it was. I think we weren't ready to be done. Everyone was pretty confused why it was canceled. We're still confused, really, why it was canceled. But um, showbiz. <laughs> that is showbiz. Okay, so let's talk about the future. Okay. The future, I know at least one thing I read in the trades recently is that you have a pretty uh, high-profile uh, gig in Gaslit coming up. Yeah, I'm playing uh, Helen Thomas, who was a White House reporter of renown. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun doing somebody real. I watched, like, tapes of her speaking and trying to sort of not, you know, not do an impression of her, but just really try to intone who she was. And that's the first time I played a real person. So that was that was interesting and kind of fun. Hey, Wendy was a real person. I'll be honest with you, Beth. I didn't know this show existed until Joe mentioned that you've been cast in it. It's not, I can't find it in the UK anywhere. And I hope that someone in the UK oh, is going to pick has, up. It so. hasn't even aired yet. It won't air till probably 2022. Um it's it's going to be a mini series with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, and it's about Watergate. Yeah, and that's and, that's what that's what really interests me because you know I love all the presidents' men. I'm a U.S. politics nerd. Yeah. I've read about Watergate, and it so just sounds gonna, really it's exciting. Focus on um, Martha Mitchell, who was Attorney General's wife, and Julia yes. Roberts plays Martha Mitchell, and apparently she was kind of like one of the first whistleblowers to say, "Hey, Nixon's not doing everything," you know. So on the up and up <laughs> and they tried to sort of staunch that down uh it's going to be on stars network i don't know if you get that in the uk yeah you see we don't and that's it's, at least it has a clear distribution plan in the us the uk is a big question mark but yeah. i can't believe for one second that with that subject matter and that cast it's not going to get picked up here it is a yeah. question of when and where like sometimes we get stuff like nine months later it's you know small right. island i mean it's not exactly timely gaslit so it's not like they <laughs> <laughs> have to gotta get it out before everyone knows really what happened <laughs> exactly <laughs> spoiler alert the president resigns uh beth a anything else that i haven't read about in the trades that you can hint at uh for the future stuff that might be coming out um no still just seeing what's going to be coming next hopefully something a little more substantial coming up but we'll a see world world series well, of poker final table appearance. yeah just try to just win the mini main event that's what absolutely my well I have, plan. One, I have one final poker related question to ask you before joe probably forces you to play one of his insanely constructed mildly embarrassing games um beth as a member of this home game club and obviously i've interrogated maria about this i've interrogated josh molina about this <laughs> joe makes it sound like he is the unluckiest person in poker that somehow he makes perfect decisions 99.9 uh, hold on a second time. i never say that part I am the unluckiest. I'm not saying that I, I play particularly well. I'm just saying that I don't win. Okay. Okay. Well, th to be fair, this is the first time there's been any kind of like mea culpa. Maybe I've made the odd mistake. <laughs> Mostly the stories evolve around times when you just got brutally beaten, when there was a horrible suck out, when basically everything 
time and time again just aligns against you. Do you have any anecdotal evidence to support Joe's theory, Beth? Um, all I know is he's taken me out a couple of times, so can't be that <laughs> unlucky. <laughs> Um, I don't have anecdotes to support it. I do have the only anecdotal evidence I have to support it is his complaining about it. But right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, this is what I think. You have managed to convince everyone, Joe, by talking so incessantly about this that the narrative is now been. Everyone has it in their brain. It must be true. It must be uh, true. Well, th- I mean, look. Beth is in a show called Gaslit and also gets <laughs> gaslit by me every single time we play poker. All right, Beth, you know what? I, I made a, a, a fun quiz for you. I have to say one you. thing. I have to oh, say one thing do. first. You know, occasionally I watch you guys doing your commentary on poker, um, poker stars, and I really enjoy it. Uh, one, but I rarely make comments. But one time, you said something about Pierce Bra- uh, not that Daniel Craig was the only citizen. The only American citizen to play James Bond in the movies. Yeah, in the movies, and so I thought to myself, "Well, Pierce Brosnan must have become an American citizen." Sure enough, he had. I posted Pierce Brosnan became an American citizen, and James said, "Well, that was in two thousand, you know, four, <laughs> and he didn't. He stopped playing Bond, and there was such disdain in his answer that I was Dare to question his Bond knowledge. <laughs> of I, I know nothing about it. I Huge it. mistake. Huge mistake. <laughs> I was like, man. I will never comment again. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm afraid when it comes to Bond, I kind of like sit in my ivory tower and just dispense, dispense well knowledge and words of wisdom. You're very knowledgeable about it. But I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Oh, man. became a citizen. I had no idea you were watching the stream. I had no idea that you were posting in the chat. I, I apologize <laughs> for shooting you down in such brutal fashion. But, that, I, but, like, but James, I that's right. my friend. <laughs> God it's damn it. It's okay. All it right, Beth. probably well deserved. <laughs> I came up with a bespoke game for you. This one is called uh, Halls of Fame. Okay. And this is a trivia quiz. Now, I jokingly made this trivia quiz about your family members, but it turns out that you do. your dad was a famous stand-up comedian? Not probably that famous, but yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, well, this is a trivia quiz about other famous things named Hall. Are you ready? Okay, ready. All right, multiple choice quiz. This comedian cousin of yours joined the cast of Saturday Night Live in its 10th season. Is it Rich Hall, Arsenio Hall, Anthony Michael Hall, or Hall and Oates? That would be Rich Hall. Rich Hall did, is correct. And he did the um, the uh, news report. What was they called? The news. Weekend update. Weekend update, yes. He actually and I actually to... saw him perform live. I was a big fan of Rich Hall's. So I really liked him. And he went on to, to be kind of big in the UK, actually. I saw him in London oh, really? one time, turns out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question number two. What does the C stand for in your nephew Michael C. Hall's name of Dexter? Is it Cookie, Carlisle, Charming, or Confidence? What are these options? Only one it's of those really is a viable answer. Charming really is my of- middle name, James. <laughs> oh, what what was after Carlisle? Charming, oh, and, Charming confidence. and confidence. Wow. 
I can't believe it's Carlisle because that's the only name. So it's probably one of the others. Um, I'm going to say Charming. Carlisle was what we were looking for there. Oh, Michael you, Carlisle. You called me with that. I, 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 there was only one viable answer and you didn't go for it. <laughs> I can level. Well, because I, I figured that wouldn't be it. <laughs> I level the fuck out of people, James. It's a, it's a mind fuck up here when oh, you play with my games. God. Question number three. Which of the following halls played home to the New York Philharmonic from 1892 to 1962? Is it Gotham Hall, Royal Albert Hall, Carnegie Hall, or the Hall of Presidents? <laughs> um, I would say Gotham Hall. Gotham Hall. all the other Hall. are real halls. Well, the other Carnegie, ones are real, like, we're, places. We were, we were looking for Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Really? There was someone named Carnegie Hall? No, no, no. It's just about the building. Oh. oh. <laughs> I thought you said played in the Philharmonic. Oh, no, played no, host play, play, to play, the home, Philharmonic. Played home to. I should have yeah. listened more carefully to the question. That was also, a Zoom problem. Don't, don't give Joe too much credit. These questions aren't <laughs> necessarily as overly complicated and trying to trick you as you may think they are. Okay. I think... Beth's going to get this one. Okay. Which poker player did Kate Hall absolutely annihilate in a heads-up grudge match on Poker Night in America? Was it Mike the Mouth Mattiso, Mike Dentali, James Woods, or Reginald Vell Johnson? <laughs> Where did Reginald Vell Johnson come from? <laughs> I, I, I've never heard about this, so... Um... You can I'm Hector gonna... a Hardigan. I let everyone Hector a Hardigan at one point during the, during one of my I'm going to guess Mike Madison. Should have used your lifeline. Mike Dentali. Mike Dentali. If you uh, haven't watched it, it's really great. Um, I think you'll enjoy it just to watch Kate Hall. Okay. This, this, I don't know this, her. Is, am I related to her? Uh, <laughs> Kate Hall is, is, is great. One of my favorite people in poker. Mike Dentali is a wonderful villain. Uh, question <laughs> number five. Scott Oliver Hall is a retired professional wrestler. Okay. Which character did he play in the WWE? I know nothing about wrestling. Was it <laughs> Razor Ramon, Erwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS, Doink the Clown, or Ragin' Reggie? What's frightening here is that one of these is the correct answer because they all <laughs> yes, sound stupid. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with IRS. IRS is so close. Razor Ramon. Scott Hall is Razor Ramon. Uh, two questions left, Beth. By the way, and you're doing better than most people do. I uh, am. Uh, oh my god. Yes. Which of the which of the sequels in the Halloween franchise? Tenuous. Did not feature the character Michael Myers. Was it Halloween Three: Season of the Witch? Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers? Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, or Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers? Three. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is correct, yes. <laughs> I just heard that whole thing on Halloween, and they said that well, maybe it was even you guys. Like, I don't know. Talking I think about it was how, me. I think oh, it was you were listening to our broadcast the oh, other yeah. day. Shit. Talking about how Halloween 3, they didn't even have Michael Myers in it. Okay, yep, so that was us. Okay, good. See, that's like a slumdog millionaire. Like, okay, like I heard this answer the other day. Uh, yeah. Question number seven. 
This brain teaser is often cited by poker players and game theory experts as an example of a probability puzzle. Is it the Monty Hall problem, the Irma P. Hall problem, the Philip... <clears throat> Actually, this is appropriate. I just had a cough there. The Philip Baker Hall problem or the Hall's cough drop problem? <laughs> I'm going to guess it's the Monty Hall. Like, what's behind door number one, two, or three? That is correct. The Monty Hall problem is a classic example of uh, of a good probability brain teaser. Beth, I think you pulled it out in the end. I think you got three or four correct, which, I, as I said, is is pretty good for one of my stupid games. Anything above I, one? I actually met Monty Hall. Really? <laughs> I was I was waitressing at Sardi's, and he came in, and I was like, "Oh, Monty Hall, my name is Hall too." And when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to tell people you were my dad. And he was like, oh, tell him it's true. I said, well, I figure you owe me about like 30 years of back a lot. <laughs> and well, he's Beth, like, tell it's not true. Anything more than one we consider to be a winning score. So congratulations. Yes. You are a thank winner. You. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show today because um, Vegas has so many more interesting things to offer than talking to us. Uh, but then I appreciate you're going to be spending more time <laughs> in Joe's early. company. Over the coming days, uh, best of luck to you at the tables. Thank Take you. everything down that you decide to play. I will. I will try to do that. I will try my best this time. <laughs> thank you, Beth. We'll see you later. Good luck. Bye. Thanks so much for having me. Last but by no means least is this week's superfan on Poker in the Years. We welcome Lucas Derny to the podcast. Lucas, how are you? Hi. Hi, James. Hi, Stapes. All, all good, thank you. Thank you for having me today. What's up, Lucas? You know, Derny seems like a n name that's easy to make fun of as a kid. It's got Durr right in it. Uh, actually, it wasn't a name at all that I had any fun made of with the name at all oh. uh, sorry to let you down there Joe that's weird where did you go to school with these <laughs> kids <laughs> <laughs> must have been oh, well okay. Lucas aka Dernster on discord <laughs> I'm assuming that you are a native of the United Kingdom yes I am yes from Bristol Bristol in the UK yeah I'm in the United Kingdom yes yeah, I appreciate that no one else can see this, but Lucas has the Manhattan skyline behind him, which is kind of like designed to throw us off. But you don't <laughs> sound like a New Yorker. Uh, no, I'm not. Actually, that was something I didn't even think of or consider when, when joining the call. Not even, no. No, not, not even thinking there was it New looks York like behind me. It looks like you're hosting a, a very low frills talk show. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, Lucas, I would have taken that as an excuse back in March of 2020. But if the last 80 months has taught us anything, it's that Zoom backgrounds matter. What does genuinely matter is you. Tell us about yourself. What is your story, bro? I'm 29 from Bristol in, in the UK. Um, and I work as a scientist for a pharmaceutical company. Cool. Um, so I'm not sure how many scientists have necessarily been on the podcast before. Um, not, th not that many. No. <laughs> I'm so, sure that plenty of the IT support people who filtered through over the years would consider themselves to be scientists, but... Yeah, yeah. Something, something a bit different. We've yeah, been doing that for, um, for a while, while now. And Are you working on life-saving drugs or like boner pills? And they're working on, so I work for a company mainly dealing and helping with um, diseases for, for lungs and lung diseases okay. um, and helping helping towards 
forward to helping that. So breathing pills. Yeah. Important shit. And when you're not doing the science stuff, when you're not looking to save lives, Lucas, what do you do in your spare time? Um, just mainly a lot. Well, play a lot of poker. Playing, playing live, live and, and online. Playing the local, um, local pub, pub league, league near me. Cool. Um, and a variety of, of online. Um, as I, as a lot of people have been more and more over the last. 18 months and and bits bits and that big big um sports fan so what watch a lot of that play play that as well Lucas, um, you, you seem like a nice guy um but i i don't want you to get that successful at poker because the world needs fewer professional poker players and more people <laughs> making lung pills so De- definitely something i've always viewed as a as a hobby okay um good. it's mainly it's it's always be been a a big hobby of mine um However, however much everyone that plays poker would like to go down the professional route, it's not something that's actually been part of part <laughs> of my my okay, view good. from um, from playing. It's something that I I very much view view as a hobby and something as a spare time rather rather than the the aim of my career. So. So don't, don't worry, Joe, I'll be staying very much as the scientist. That okay, is a good mindset. So yes, there is a $109 Sunday Million ticket on the line in this quiz, which is themed around the Summer Olympics. So despite your scientific background, despite your knowledge, Lucas, you've gone down the sporting route rather than the scientific route. Yeah, so I watch films and I know a lot of people come on here with, with um Subjects linked to films, films and t- TV shows. Um, I've, I've definitely not watched as many films as as many people, and was over the summer, early in the summer, and wanted to come on for a while as super fan, and thought to myself, what can I pick as a subject? I've recently just watched some of the most of the <laughs> Summer Olympics over the summer. I, I feel it. like I know a bit of the Summer Olympics, and with with that, so I thought to myself something a bit different to a movie and, and TV. I know there's been suggestions to try and do some things. I a like bit the change. And, and I thought to myself that it's probably not something that Joe will be able to watch in its entirety the day before the quiz. <laughs> All 2,000 years of the Olympics in the last uh, week. Well, yeah. As you may remember, Lucas, when we talked about the Olympics, you know, Joe's quite cynical when it comes to the Games. And I understand the fact that the IOC as an organization is not necessarily one you want to put on the podium and give it a gold medal. But I love the sport. I love watching the Olympics every year. I don't know how I'd fare at this quiz. Patrick has put it together. You know the format. You know how it works. Let's see how you both fare. Uh, as our superfan, Lucas, as our guest, you get to go first. So please give me a number between one and ten. Well, as always, better say, it's always coming seven. We go with question seven. Which three elements or which three sports comprise the triathlon? Uh, that would be swimming, cycling, and running. Correct for two points. Would you Do have accepted... Um, never mind. Go on. Keep Joseph. Going. Yeah. Any number other than seven? Yeah, let's give, me, let's give me a date with an eight, please. Okay. And just to be clear, I will accept the correct answer, Joe. That's basically what <laughs> I'll accept. If you need the multiple choice options, you can have them. Name the five colors that feature in the Olympic Games logo. I think I'm going to take the choices just to hear you read five colors three different times or four different times, whatever it is. I mean, if you want to waste a point by getting me to do that, that's fine. (laughs) Your options are blue, orange, pink, brown, green, 
blue, yellow, black, green, red, purple, red, gray, green, yellow, or blue, black, brown, gray, pink? All right, I've narrowed it down to the first two. I'm not doing this just to be a troll. Can you read me the first two again? Blue, orange, pink, brown, green, or blue, yellow, black, green, red? I'm going to go with blue, yellow, black, green. The second one, choice B. Yes, there's no pink in the Olympic logo. B was the answer. Well, so there you should be, goddammit. point. Okay. Lucas, your second question. You can't have seven or eight. I'll go for number two, please. Number two. Which athlete won four gold medals at the 1936 Olympic Games? I'll have to take the choices. Was it Carl Lewis, Mark Spitz, Jesse Owens, or Bradley Wiggins? Well, I can rule out Bradley Wiggins. I think whoever he said was the first option was, was later. What were options? Two and three, please. Mark Spitz, Jesse Owens. I'm going to say Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens for a point, And there is a bonus question. Which city was this edition of the Olympics Ooh. held in? 36. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to say Berlin. Berlin, correct. Very famously, Jesse Owens winning four Olympic gold medals. Didn't exactly do much to prove Hitler's point of Aryan supremacy. Uh, Joe. Two, seven, and eight, all off the board now. I just run so bad. Like, I just would have got three points on that one, and I'm already pissed off now. I, I don't know. Question two. I'm just furious. Um, two, seven, and eight have gone. So requesting right. question two is not an option. Okay. Well, I knew I would have gotten two. Uh, question one, please. Question one. In total, how many Olympic Games have there been, excluding cancelled events due to world wars? Fucking, I don't know. Jesus Christ. Go, go on. You want the options? Yes, please. 29, 34, 39, or 44? All right. So they were every four years for a while. <laughs> and then carry the one. Were the, what were the answers in the 30s? 34, 39. 39. 29 was the answer. No points for <laughs> Joe on that question. Lucas, your next question. Uh, number 10, please. Number 10. In which year was the first ever Paralympic Games held? I'll uh, take the options, please. 1896, mm. 1936, 1960, or 1992? I think it's likely to be one of the last two. Um, I don't know how recent it's going to be. Um... I actually feel like, feel like it might be quite recent, so I'll say 92. The Olympics, more progressive than you would have thought. 1960 was oh. the answer. Joe, three, four, five, six, or nine? I got a good feeling about three, baby. Let's go. Okay, in which city is the next Olympic Games being held in? Tokyo is the one we just had, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll have to take the choices. Okay, is it Rio de Janeiro, Paris, Montreal, or Antwerp? Rio. No, that was the one before last. It's actually <laughs> Paris. I am going to give you the bonus question, though, because you need <laughs> help. Floundering. How many times have the Olympics previously been held in the French capital? 
twice. Correct. You get the bonus points. So, Lucas, Woo! you lead by a margin of four points to two going into the penultimate round, and you can have four, five, six, or nine. Oh, I'll go Joe's lucky number nine. Joe's ah! lucky number nine. <laughs> An athlete from which country won the men's 100-meter sprint at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics? Yes, I know they were held in 2021, but officially they were referred to as the 2020 Games. This year's Olympics, men's 100 meters, an athlete from which country got gold? Italy. Italy for two points. Whoa. And for the bonus points, name him. Oh, listen, I look that really silly, but I can't. Um, look this, but can't, can't think of his name, so I'll have to pass that one. Okay, Joe, I'll tell you what. I will give you a point if you can give me one of his three names. Mario Luigi. <laughs> Lamont Marcel Jacobs was the answer. Oh, and Joe, you have the choice of four, five, or six. I'm going to help you here because you need it. Four has a bonus. Four, please. Okay. In which sport did a 13-year-old British athlete win a bronze medal at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics? Young people do well in gymnastics, usually. But there's also, isn't there like a young tennis phenom also going on in the world? I'm going to just say gymnastics. Okay, this was a huge one for the UK, and it was a huge one for the sport of skateboarding, which was making its debut appearance <laughs> in the Olympics. I I'm assuming you're not going to get the bonus question, Joe, but I will offer it to you anyway. Yeah. Can you name the bronze medalist? No. Thank you for your question. Lucas, I'm not going to give you a point, but I'm assuming you can name her. It is Sky Brown. It is Sky Brown, and she's cool. a fucking rock star. Uh, Lucas, awesome. your final question, five or six? Uh, five, please. How many events were there at the inaugural Olympics in Athens in 1896? Uh, I'll go for the choices on that one. Eight, 20, 46, or 92? Okay, 20. 46 was the answer. Joe, final question. I don't think you're going to need the options because I'm going to give you a really big clue. <laughs> okay. The United States of America have won the most Olympic medals of all time. Which nation is in second place? And your clue is this nation no longer exists. The United Soviet Socialist Republic. Correct, for two points. <laughs> Oh, so you closed the gap. The margin of victory was only two points, but it doesn't matter. Six <laughs> points to Lucas, four points to Joe. Congratulations, Lucas Derny. You are a winner. You've conquered Superfan versus Stapes. Sunday Million Ticket is yours. Pokestar Swag is yours. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. And um, thank you for the podcast. It's been brilliant to listen to. Being an avid listener right, right from the start, from episode one. And it's been fantastic. And still here at episode 229 I believe so that's what this is wow. hopefully it long continues thank, thank you thank you man that's awesome alright my babies we're just about out of time for this week's show uh, we took one week off from talking about James Bond because next week we're Talking about James Bond. I would like to point out, though, that this was the idea of our boss, who noted that Casino Royale was 15 years old and said, you guys should do something for Casino Royale's 15th anniversary. 
Didn't really need much more encouragement than that. Uh, as long as we're talking about movies, I do want to remind people that November 5th, as in Friday of this week, is when The Card Counter comes out in the United Kingdom. Um, if you're still not going to the movies yet, I don't think it'll take long to end up on demand for, for y'all either. But uh, for those of you who've been waiting to go, yes, Friday. Yeah, and I think we're getting to the point, and maybe in early 2022, we'll be in a position to actually do a podcast about the film itself, because by that point, it should have opened in every major market in the world, and enough people will have seen it to warrant dedicating a podcast to talking about the movie from beginning to end. But next week, we'll be talking about the poker scenes in Casino Royale. We will also be looking at it as an action movie, as a Bond movie. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I've got some new hot takes on Casino Royale. I'm excited to share with everybody. Uh, maybe we'll go over some tournament results next week, but you'll probably know about that already because if there's anything good to talk about, you'll see it on my Twitter. No fucking bad beat stories. That is a rule. And I know, Joe, that you joked earlier on about the fact that everything's trying to point to something else. Uh, I do encourage everyone to watch Monday's live stream, not just because I'll show you what you could potentially win for posting your Casino Royale review in the Discord chat, but also we will get to talk in detail about the Big 20 Rewind, this series of special tournaments marking PokerStars' 20th anniversary, plus... Of course, you'll get to watch more action from the Sunday Million. Tournaments and I assume some special podcasts coming up that we haven't really teased that much yet. Yes, we can talk about that on the, uh, if not on the live stream, then definitely on next week's podcast. Oh, and something else we need to work out. Yeah. Joe, thanks to your intervention, I finally have a VR headset. Yes. So when you are back from Vegas, we're going to set up a stream. Now, I know we keep talking about this PUBG stream we're going to do as a squad and we talk about it like the London School of Economics thing like it keeps getting pushed back pushed back pushed back it's going to get pushed back even further I kind of feel we have to prioritize this and so I need Joe to teach me how to play PokerStars VR I spent a little time in the poker room last night I think I've almost got to grips with it and that phrase is really appropriate because gripping things is a huge part of PokerStars VR but yes let's do a stream together and uh, everyone can laugh at me and how I've tried to make my avatar look like me in a suit cool so lots of amazing stuff coming up not just next week but the weeks beyond don't forget to use the discord to comment on the show submit your super fan application get your casino royale reviews in there plenty of things for everyone to participate in but that is it for this week that's all the time we've got for this week's show until next time for james harding and i am joe stapleton smell you later